0: Thank you for joining us on the Radio Bible Course. We're continuing our study about the authority of the Bible. But before we continue with that study, I want to say a word about giving. In yesterday's program, we had the question from a listener, Did Jesus teach tithing? And is tithing for New Testament Christians? The answer was conclusively, No. Tithing was for Israel. It was part of the law of Moses, and Christians clearly are told that they are not under the law, and they are not to get involved with the law. Does that mean Christians should not give? Oh yes, Christians ought to be the most giving people in the world, because they believe in Jesus Christ. And by believing in him, it means they believe in what he believed in. He gave himself for our sins that we might live forever, and if he gave himself everything he had for us, we ought to be willing to give everything we have for him. Now, what does that mean? It means that we ought to be living for Christ. Everything we do ought to be to expand what he wants. What was he interested in? Reaching the world with the good news that God will forgive everyone who believes in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. How then ought we to give? Give what you want to give. The Bible doesn't teach that you ought to give according to a law. You ought to give from a cheerful heart. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sake he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might be rich. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we have this in verse 6. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What does it mean as you purpose in your heart? Whatever you decide to give, it's between you and God, not between you and Moses. And you shouldn't give grudgingly. Anytime you feel that you are being compelled to give and giving against your goodwill then you are giving grudgingly. It ought to be voluntarily, never under compulsion. And that means when someone asks for money and tells you we need it, we desperately need it, you ought not to give. That's compulsion, I say, as a general rule. When a man asks for money, don't give it. You decide what you're going to give to. You decide whether that particular gospel work which is begging for money, is worth giving to. All that claims to be of Christ is not of Christ. So I have adopted a motto myself. If they ask for money, don't give it. Now we return to our study on the authority of the Bible. Earlier, we spoke about how Jesus had come as God's spokesman, as God's prophet, and as God's king. He came as the spokesman of God, saying only those things which the Father gave him to speak. And Satan attacked him in the great temptation in the wilderness and said, If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. He was trying to get Jesus to doubt that he was the Son of God, after God had just declared in the verse prior to it that this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. I said there are men today who are false apostles who raise doubts, so that you too will wonder whether you are a Christian and whether God's word is true. Can you trust the Bible? Does it have authority? Is it free of error? Will you be misled if you follow the Bible? Jesus said the Bible is the word that came out of the mouth of God. And Satan has always opposed that word and speaks through men today to get you to doubt the word of God. Our enemy is the evil one. He's the enemy of Jesus. And Jesus warned his disciples against the evil one. We read in Luke chapter 8 beginning with verse 4, And when a great multitude were coming together... And those from the various cities were journeying to him. He spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. And other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. And other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. As he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears, to hear, let him hear. And his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable might be. And he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, in order that, seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God, and those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so that they may not believe and be saved. Keep in mind, he said, the seed is the word of God. The sower sowed the seed. Some fell beside the road. And he said, those are the people who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes the word. The word, that's the word of God, which is seed from God. He takes the word from their heart. Why? Because he doesn't want them to believe, because if they do believe, they will be saved. You see the importance of the Word of God, and you also see who is opposing the Word of God. He's at work in our society. He's at work in every church service where the Word of God is being preached. In some churches... The devil isn't there at all. He doesn't need to be because he has his spokesman. He has a false apostle or a false prophet doing his speaking and the devil can go somewhere else and be about his business. He's in those churches where the word of God is being taught and he tries to remove that word from their hearts. He doesn't want people to believe. He sends others to people who hear the word of God to confuse them and to cause them to doubt. That's like plucking the word out of their heart. So it cannot take root. And Jesus completed the parable by saying, And those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, hear what? Hear the word of God, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Again, these are people who have heard the word of God and believed it superficially, but they quickly fall away. And then Jesus said, and the seed which fell among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, They are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. These are people who came under the preaching of the word. The seed is God's word. But the world is too attractive to them. And the pleasures of this life, this world, chokes out everything, including the word of God, These are people who have never believed it. It never took root in their hearts. And then the word of God is like the seed in the good soil. These are the ones, Jesus said, who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Now think of this. He's been talking about the seed being the word of God. Some believed, others didn't. Some were too occupied with the world. But there are those who do hear the word, and they hold it fast. They hang on to the word because it's God's word. Nowhere in this parable is the seed the word of man. Never is the seed a Bible teacher or a preacher. The seed is the word of God. That's what produces life and bears fruit. But the devil does not want people to believe it. He knows that if they believe it, they will be saved. Obviously, then, the word of God damages the evil one. He'll do anything to keep you from believing it. And if you do believe it, then he will work on you to get you to doubt it. And he uses intelligent, well-dressed, cultured men have caused you to doubt the Word of God. They sound like they have all the answers and all the learning in the world, and they're hard to disbelieve. And these men tell us that the Word of God is really the Word of men, that these men were not inspired who wrote the Word of God, that it's really the opinion of the Apostle Paul or Peter, not the Word of God. They make you doubt that Isaiah wrote Isaiah. And they suggest that perhaps there were several men who wrote the book of Isaiah. So they refer to them as second Isaiah or third Isaiah. And they tell you that Moses didn't really write those first five books of the Old Testament. It was done by several authors. And that the Jews simply put Moses' name on those books so that the people would accept them. Now, because these scholars sound like they have all the facts, we are inclined to believe them rather than Jesus. The scholars are here. Jesus is gone. So what do we do about all these facts? We go back to the expert on the Bible. Who is the world's greatest expert? Who knows whether the Bible is the Word of God or not? Jesus does. Jesus spoke about the word of God many, many times, and that's what this course on the authority of the Bible is about. We're going to show you what he said about the books of Moses and Isaiah, what he believed about Daniel and Jonah and Abraham. You have heard of the story about Jonah, that a fish swallowed him. Do you believe it? Well, it's not so important whether you believe it. But it is important if Jesus believed it. We'll have to find out what he believed and what he said about it. In event you can't listen to all of these programs each day, which means you might miss some of this evidence, you can get this entire course on cassette tape. It's called The Authority of the Bible. Our teaching tape brochure tells you how you can order. These Bible teaching broadcasts are coming to you because of the generosity of Bible believers, the majority of whom live in the Baton Rouge area. And the Radio Bible Course has become their ministry as well as mine. Our financial supporters are pleased not only with our loyalty to the inspired Word of God, but also because they know that their gifts to the Radio Bible Course are not used to pay salaries or benefits to anyone. That's because we are a ministry of volunteers. We want to help our radio listeners to discover God's truth in the Bible by -by verse-by-verse expository teaching, and we hope you are benefiting. If you've been blessed by these Bible teaching broadcasts, won't you write and tell us about it? Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.